he he had been fully decapitated um and what was odd about this case was i had actually met with this gentleman two days prior to for his one brother who had passed This week's episode is with Bethany, a.k.a. Beauty Behind Death. At the beginning here, we had a little bit of a snooper. Uh, It's Bethany's student here. His name is Ian. He jumps in at the beginning. Super fun conversation overall. Hope you guys enjoy. Give it a nice listen. All right. Hello. Ian, you're making me nervous. Me? Do you want to go somewhere else? (laughs) Who's watching? My one assistant walked in. I wasn't expecting. Oh, join. join us. <laughs> and he's making me nervous through this little hole. Join us. Come on, Ian. If, if, Ian, wants to, if Ian wants to step up, he's going to have to get in here. <laughs> so he's currently in mortuary school. Hey, what's so up, this Ian? is Ian. How's it going? What's up? How you doing? Good. Good. How are you? Good. So you're in school now, yeah? How's that going? Yep. I started. When did you start? I started in January. Yeah, in January. So I have another year to go. You're fresh. Yep. You're fresh. It's not bad. You like it so far? Mm-hmm. How long have you two yep. been working together? Yeah. <laughs> it's, I started here when I was 16. Holy cow. Yeah. So three years. Three years, okay. three or four years at this point. Who's going to have to do all the tough bodies when you graduate? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it, it goes to the rookie. He's, he keeps me mentally stay, sane sometimes. I love it. You gotta have to. And he gets at me when I start. So <laughs> you got to have those kind of people around you. That's awesome. Yep. That's what he's good. He's a good support and I'm happy to be able to train him. Yeah. And he really does take everything in, which is nice. And I'm just happy that, you know, he, cho- he chose us sure. to be there for him and be able to teach him and mentor him in all of this. I never thought I'd be able to do that. You know, I was always very down on myself and you know, now that I can see that he understands and he's, you know, getting and grasping these concepts, it really means a lot. <laughs> I might actually know what I'm doing. <laughs> right. I think it's such a good way to kind of develop your own way of doing things by teaching too. And then you kind of get like a back and forth and it generates some more ideas sometimes, I think. Right, right. And it helps a lot because, you know, he brings things to the table that me and my boss may not think of and vice versa. So it's, that's why I I can't understand why people don't want to bring people in from outside the family and everything, because you're limiting yourself at that point. So that is one thing about where we work is none of us are actually related to the original owners. (laughs) Well, we're the exact opposite. I'm related to every single person here and it drives me crazy. (laughs) (laughs) but in a way we're still a family because i always refer to him as my work son and everything and he calls my boss uncle (laughs) and people always him for my son or he's dennis or like dennis's son which is my boss and it's crazy because his dad actually helps us here so people come up and be like oh are you related to dennis and bethany and he's like no (laughs) but here's my dad he also helps here (laughs) i mean at this point you might as well make it a family funeral home if you're going to (laughs) go yeah Yeah. uh, that's basically where we're at that's what i always tell families if they ask (laughs) i love that that. um so so 
who so you who is the boss then so you two you're a funeral director you're a student and then your quote-unquote boss is that the owner then or are are you a, a family or yes. not a family firm but you're a local firm okay Nice. Yep. So my boss actually had worked at this firm since 1996 because the original owner had the intent on selling it eventually. And at that point, she um, was a widow. Her husband was the one who did everything here. He was the licensed funeral director. So of course she needed a funeral director here. And my boss jumped at the chance because he wanted to own his own funeral home. And then 2012, he ended up buying it officially from her. She was done in the, I think she was in her nineties when she sold it finally to him. So she, she loved being here. (laughs) I don't think I have it in me. I don't think I can do it. <laughs> but everybody knew her because she had this fiery red yeah. hair and everything. Like I knew her. My family had come to the same funeral home when I was younger, and I just had such good memories of her. And then, you know, to be working at this actual firm that she was a part of at, for so long, and her husband had started, and you know, her yeah. keeping it around because she could have just sold it off when he had passed in the eighties. You know, it, it's yeah. crazy to see you know where this funeral home has gone and how it's grown and the difference and I always sit there and think I think she's happy that there's a woman here (laughs) she would tell pastors when they would come to visit her that Dennis needs a woman there (laughs) and here I am and I don't think (laughs) every funeral home really does and I mean that from the bottom of my heart when we got like a couple students that women and then we have our office manager it just added such a more relaxed peaceful dynamic instead of all these men it, it just it makes it improves things right. it's a better it's a better um a lot of times more of a delicate touch in a way that men i wish were sometimes better at but it, it is hugely 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 impactful Right, right. And that's what I kind of believe too. I mean, I, I'm biased because I'm a woman, but I believe that there are things that women can bring to the table in this field that men just can't. And it's nothing against men. It's just, no. you know, how they're wired. It's how we're wired differently, emotionally, empathetically, everything like that. So yeah. I really definitely see, you know, a difference. And I mean, I even noticed it when my boss finally started letting me do things on my own you know there were things that he was like how'd you do that or how did you go about you know doing that and handling that and i'm like i just thought about it i don't know how you didn't think about it but it was because i was a female and i looked at that extra step or i looked at that you know maybe like a little bit of a difference on like the memorial folders or the prayer cards or something like that you know a way of blankets laying things like that it makes a huge difference i think doing that like one step above and beyond that's the only way a funeral home can really distinguish themselves from other ones because the ones that do like mm-hmm. cookie cutter type deal, that's that's not going to be a sustainable thing, especially moving forward, in my opinion. And having people that right. want to take that like extra step is so important. And then you mm-hmm. feel like you're good at that. And then you could leave the men to do the 550 pound house call removal. <laughs> <laughs> Yep, that's what, you know, you can go take or, care of that. Or you know what, 
it'd probably be better if you were there because you would find a more efficient route to get out anyway. <laughs> <laughs> probably, oh, or they'd good. see me in the course. Like, oh my god! Like, what are we gonna do? <laughs> So do, uh, oh my. Back, back on what we were talking about uh, with your boss, you know, purchasing that funeral home, I think there's going to be a big wave of that. It has to happen because I think right. there's so many family firms still, which is fantastic. Like, I love that just like how we are. But I feel like people like that are they don't have their next generation a lot a lot a lot of places and so i think there's going to be a lot of opportunity mm -hmm. for younger funeral directors if they so want to like to open or not open just purchase an existing funeral home when that really wasn't the case like way back in the day everyone just opened up their own but i think there's going right. to be more of a, a handover to future funeral directors i don't know if you if you think that or notice something like that too yeah, I most definitely see that, especially when I was in mortuary school when I graduated geez, 2014, I graduated with my bachelor's and everything. And my most of my class, they were female, and they did not have any connection to a funeral home. So I, you know, I really see this big difference. And then I see also that, you know, the surrounding funeral homes in the area, or even just, you know, from seeing on social media across state lines and everything, these funeral homes that, you know, they have just like one director, it's the dad who owns the funeral home and then nobody has gone into the business. Uh -huh. And I'm like, well, that's leaving that opportunity for us who, you know, right. we don't have that family connection and everything to jump on that right away and make that name for ourselves and make a difference in those sure. communities and whatnot. That's what my hope is at some point that I'm able to co-own with my boss here. So nice. that's, you know, that's one of those things, but here, you know, there's no relation, you know, he right. took, you know, he bought that from the family because her, um, uh, kids they decided they didn't want to go into mortuary school so you know she was left with nothing you know no one who would take this up after the fact and here my boss came in and it was like well here you can have a work son <laughs> <laughs> i love it i love it and yeah. I, I think it, it's such it is actually a positive at the end of the day because starting something from absolute scratch is is a bear it's so 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 challenging but if you have already this relationship, especially if you work at the funeral home, kind of yeah. like you are and your boss did, if you already have that relationship in the community, everything, you are like 10 years ahead of someone that kind of just yeah. drop shop and it's like, here, here's a funeral home. It doesn't like work that way, unfortunately. So right. I, I, I love that mindset that you have. Yep. That's what I mean. Even, um, when I started working here at the funeral home, that's what I always noticed. People would come in and they'd automatically starting to, like, to talk to my boss, to talk to Dennis, like, you know, they knew him. And that's what he always said. He's like, oh, I buried such and such, you know, so many years ago. And I buried this other person from their family. And you make these connections. And that was something that I thought would never happen. And then here I am. These people have called. They've asked specifically for me. You know, they know me automatically. If I'm not here for some reason, they ask where I'm at. And, you know, it's one of those things. You build those connections, which are important, yeah. which is why I sometimes tell you you need to get up and talk in front of people. That was my fear. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. We're gonna have, we're gonna have, all right, we're gonna have Ian talk then. Ian, what's your uh, what's your favorite part about being a student over there? 
Um, no pressure. <laughs> I really love, especially working here, like I've seen working with families. So I love mm-hmm. a lot of the sitting down, doing the arrangement stuff, talking through like the arrangements, picking the caskets. I like doing yeah. the business side a lot. That's one thing that I've learned is sure. I like sitting down, doing the paperwork, doing the obituaries. Mm-hmm. And um, one thing that I've really noticed is I like, I just like being in front of the family a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like being able to, get, you know, get to know you, get to know your story, how this happened. Yeah. And it's so that that's such a good thing because a lot of people, you know, don't have that kind of balance, you know, in a funeral home, like you have four people that want to do one aspect of this type of our, in our industry. And then one person that wants it can is capable of doing everything else. So I think it's so such a good thing when you have new people come in, kind of just ebb and flow and find out, okay, this is working for us or whatever. And um, I think it brings a new perspective, you being a young guy to, to kind of show, Hey, it doesn't have to be always, you know, these older men wearing these long black suits. Like there, there are young, vibrant people that, that want to come out and make a difference, you know, in your life and be there for your family in the time they need it most. Yeah. Um, another thing was my class is predominantly female students. There's only, yeah. there was 40 of us, there's 40 of us in the class. And I think there was only seven guys in there. So it's one thing too, wow. where the shift has changed so much. Yep towards Holy more female cow. funeral directors. So having That's like a young crazy. guy in the funeral home is a little bit like off balance. Yeah. yeah. Which is weird because, you know, I'm the only female here at this funeral home, right. but entrusted me to teach him, which would yeah. have been totally unheard of years ago. You know, that a female, a female's teaching him how to do this job, how to do everything in this field. And it's like, yep, here I am. <laughs> I love it. And That's I like good. to think I'm doing that the right way. <laughs> Absolutely. And the key is just picking up things from other people as you go along. You kind of find your own way of doing things and just taking little tidbits from every person. That would be my biggest recommendation for sure. And nowadays you can learn so, so much outside of just where you're at. Because when I was like mm-hmm. a student, when I was just getting started in this, None of this kind of stuff, even the stuff we're talking about now, none of that was out there, like not even in the realm. So it's really cool to see now that people can learn from other funeral directors and there's more of a community going on. And it just kind of helps us build each other up as opposed to kind of being in competition and wanting to stay the same. I think it's helpful to get everyone on the same page and be like, hey, let's take it up a notch and see what the best way is that we can help our families that we're serving. Yep, exactly. That's exactly how it needs to be because that's like, you know, I had gone on like a little bit of a rant yesterday on my Instagram about the toxicity (laughs) of funeral directors on social media where they think, you know, just because you're having a social media presence and everything, they think you're wrong. They want to keep everything in the dark. And I believe that they're, this is something that's positive, you know, this is bringing light to things that people don't understand. I have people message me saying, I would never have known that I, you know, I'm struggling in mortuary Mm -hmm. school and this helped me understand this better. You know, I'm, I'm tired of, you know, people thinking that we're just like these like 
just these people, these stiffs in suits yeah. all the time, just want to take your money. And there's more to us. We're human. Right. We care. We have emotions. Ugh. We have compassion. You know, I, you know, there's more to me than just this job. But when I'm at this job, know that I am doing the absolute best that I can. And I'm looking at your family member like they're my own family member. You're, That's what you're I just, hitting, I just, you're hitting it on toxicity. the head. It's, it's unbelievable. <laughs> you're hitting it on the head. And I, I have so many things to say on this because it actually is hitting oh, me like today right now. <laughs> so um, the first thing, the hidden secrets is only going to make families skeptical. And then the fact that some yep. people want to keep secrets hidden still, it's just perpetuating this thing mm -hmm. that families are thinking that we're taking advantage of in whatever capacity they want to think. And I think a lot of what the social media is doing is putting that to arrest and say, we are doing some incredible work. It's very yep. weird. It's very different. It's very unique, but it's some mm -hmm. things that like an absolute minute percent of the human population would be comfortable or even able to do. So it, it adds respect as opposed to some people saying, this is so disrespectful. It's ruining our industry, this and that. I think we're yep. kind of, we're, we've gone down such a bad path and it's a, it's even tougher because it's a lot of smaller businesses. So, you know, right. you can't, you fight for yourself like a big business can, you can't really. So when you have all these conflicting point of views, it's so challenging. Anyway, I digress. Someone called me out on one of the uh, Facebook page. I don't, I honestly do not look, I don't I, care. I know what you're talking I saw it. Someone, someone came at me and I, I don't, I, I don't, I do not care whatsoever. It's no big deal. I understand like their point of view. They don't want this and that, but then right. all, all these people in the comments come to my defense and say, what is wrong with what he's doing? Like right. he's just trying to like help the industry and people understand and give some this and that, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Ended up like literally an hour later, like the post was gone because this guy got like ripped to shreds and I don't want this to ever happen to anyone at all. Right, right. Like there's, there's more than one way, one point of view that is correct. So I think keeping an open mind and open heart, especially what we're doing is just, that's everything. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. And I think as the years go on, I think it's going to become just even more natural for what we're doing now to be on social media with how we explain things and everything. And, you know, I understand people have a heavy bias thinking that we shouldn't have this profession shared on our social media. But mm -hmm. honestly, if you're doing it in a respectful manner, right. if you're not, you know, stepping outside your boundaries and, you know, taking away like that anonymous factor, the families and stuff like that, yeah. you know, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, I, I just think it's such a big difference when I, have I've learned things from social media from other funeral directors. Exactly. You know, I've had I've had conversations with them. I've learned off of TikTok. I've learned off of Instagram. It yeah. it's not it, what people have to realize is that you don't just stop learning as soon as you're done in school or you're done with your internship and everything. You're gonna keep learning. And who's to say that I can't learn something from a funeral director all the way in California or Arizona? You know, I'm I'm here in Pennsylvania. I, I, this has made me able to reach that area. 
You know, I was right. able to reach somebody else in the area who has a different perspective, who may embalm with different chemicals. They may do something a different way. And here they shared it with not only me, but also the world to show that what we do isn't as stigmatized or scary. You know, this right. is how we handle things. This is what we do. And yeah. it, it's made such a difference. I love that. And I think it, it gives us a better capacity to grow with the times. I kind of said that earlier, but you're able to continuously develop as opposed to no offense to anyone, but this industry has pretty been pretty stagnant for such a long time. And it seems like we're kind of hitting like a little bit of a breakthrough recently. I mean, knock on wood, but um, I think that's only going to be helpful when we everyone is kind of supportive with each other. And it just it showcases even more to the to our families saying it's not just us throwing a, you know, a body into the retort or embalming and that takes 20 seconds like this the stuff that funeral directors do or the behind the scenes like ian you were saying there's so much paperwork and every little detail matters so much to a family if you spell misspell a family's name that could ruin the whole experience so there's a lot of pressure involved mm -hmm. and it's such like a nice thing for people to be like hey like you're doing a great job i love what you're doing and i i, I just think it's a nice thing i don't think it's a bad thing whatsoever no, I think it's a positive thing. And like everything where there's a positive, there's a negative. So of course there's going to yeah. be, you know, these negative people who are doing things disrespectfully. They're not, you know, doing things the right way. They're putting a light on us that isn't good. And I understand, yeah. you know, the, the hate comments and stuff towards that, but for people like me and like you, we're spreading awareness. We're not doing things disrespectfully, you know, leave the positive ones alone and let us yeah. be able to keep educating and continuing to bring what we do into the light in that respectful and dignified manner, just as we'd care for the deceased. Sure. I, th I think you just got to focus on the positive the end of the day and negative people are going to mm -hmm. be negative and that's it. And unfortunately our industry like tends to breed negative people the further you go along because it is so grueling. Right. I can I can wrap my head and understand that if you've been doing it for 30 years, like that is extremely challenging work, both physically right. and emotionally. Right. Most definitely. And that's something, you know, you don't want to take away from those people as well because they've had so many years, but they also have to learn too that they need to start integrating into the times that they're in that it, like today, that's not how it was 30 years ago. Today is yep. much different compared to then. And that's a good thing. So, mm -hmm. all right, uh, let's go more into the funeral directing side of things. Give me one. Uh, do you have a, a good story, uh, whether it was in the prep room or removal or from a family? Give me one of your uh, most interesting, unique stories that funeral directors would like to hear uh, from your experiences. Which one do you think? I have a few in mind. You can say you can say them both. You both can say them. I don't care. <laughs> so, um, one that's like a major one that I felt like really took the next step in my career was I had taken care of someone who was fully decapitated. And Wait, what at the time? Yeah, he he had been fully decapitated. Um, and 
what was odd about this case was I had actually met with this gentleman two days prior to for his one brother who had passed. And when I got a call from a police officer who was on the scene, he asked me for next of kin information for him. And I said, no, I said, you know, what are you asking next of kin information for him? I said, he is the next of kin. And they ended up just like, after I was like uh, arguing with them, I'm like, this isn't true. Like, what are you even talking about? And they proceeded to, you know, tell me, no, this, this is who we're calling about. He is deceased. I'm like, Oh my, like I I was mind blown. I was just totally mind blown. And, you know, this was a case that I had never missed before in my life. And it was just how everything lined up. And I had saw, you know, him for the first time when they brought him into my care. Yeah. And all I just remember looking at him and I just said to myself, what happened? I, you know, I'm sitting here getting his brother ready. And now I'm on the table next to him. And, you know, the the visitation for his brother is going to be in a couple of days. And I'm like, what is, what is going to happen? And I'm, you know, questioning, am I going to be able to have this family view this gentleman? Am I going to be able to do this? Sure. And I just remember sitting in front of this family and his kids are the same age as me. Gosh. And I looked at them and I said, I'm not going to charge you for the embalming because I don't know what's going to happen, but please give me the days that I need to work on him and do what I can. They agreed. And the only one thing was that the, um, kids wanted to come in the day before because they wanted to know whether they needed to close the casket or not. And I said, that's perfectly fine because at least then I had, you know, a view of what I'm going to be doing. I I had an idea. I had a timeline. That's true. And weirdly enough, how everything worked out as well. I, my best friend is also a funeral director. So she works four hours away from me same state and for some reason she was in the area when i got this call and i called her and i said can you come help me she came and helped me so she you know was like set of eyes my extra set of hands for what i needed to do because obviously with a decapitation you know i needed like some extra support for different things for finding um the different vessels and what i could find them and needless to say i you can go a little bit into detail if you don't mind. What did you exactly do? Because it's funeral directors that listen to this. So what is it that you did? So were you able to find the carotid on either side, like in the neck, like going up? Or how did that How did that go about? It's crazy. I was. So when I first examined everything with him, I noticed significantly that he had had a broken jaw. So his jaw was already broken, but he had a total clean cut. It it was crazy. What happened? Um, And he, he unfortunately had fallen on the train tracks and a train had hit him. Oh my gosh. And that was what was, I just couldn't imagine. And when I, started working on him and you know my friend is I know it sounds like 
awful. Like if somebody from outside this field, you know, hears me say this, but she was holding his head while I was able to look and dissect away tissue that was ruined. And I ended up finding both the left and the right carotid. I was able to shoot up both sides of his head. His face cleared beautifully. And what ended up happening too, and they end up saying like sometimes there's bad swelling and sometimes there's good swelling. What ended uh-huh. up happening is from his jaw being broken, there was some swelling, but what it ended up doing, it filled out where his jawline right. needed to be. And yeah. it just ended up being just like, he looked like himself. And I knew I had a fresh memory of oh. him in my head. And he just looked just beautiful oh how he should. Good and for you. I went, you know, I went down his body and everything was good. The only problem is that his, um, his left hand, he was missing these uh, two fingers. This okay. was totally cut off. So I had told like the family the right injury. Well, what I discussed with the family, I actually left that under the blanket. So his one hand was up here and the other one was tucked underneath the blanket. Right. Yep. And after, you know, the excruciating days, I had to lift him up on our one body lift. I mean, I'm underneath him suturing underneath, making sure that this was all right and whatnot. Um, I had used a um, dental rod to reconnect both his head into his spinal column. That was secure. It was just like everything couldn't have gone more perfectly. And then the kids were going to come in. That's what you get for telling that family, I want to do this for you. And you got rewarded, you know, with the best possible scenario because of like just doing this out of the goodness of your heart. That's that's awesome. I love, love that kind of stuff. Yep. And that's what, you know, when the family ended up coming in because a brother of his actually came in and then um, his son came in, the daughter couldn't bring herself to come in. She was scared that we were going to end up having to close the casket sure. and they went in and I just remember them staring, you know, at the casket, they were up there and the son turned around and the brother turned around and they said, he looks better now than he has in years. And I could have, I could have, I, I it was just crying. one of the things. I I just it was like I was holding my breath. I was just so scared yeah. that they were going to close the casket. When they told me that, I just couldn't. I couldn't it. Uh, you wow. know, all those hours and time. Because my boss will, if he was here, he would even tell you because he told me this. He said, "I don't even know if I would have been able to do what you could have did for that, and I don't even know if Amazing. I would have tried." Amazing. So you know, that Good really you, opened. Beth. It opened me up to think, you know, I don't mind taking on those hard cases because I yeah. believe I have the skill that I'm able to do that. And yeah. it just takes some time, just take some time. And granted, it doesn't always work, but at least I can say at the end of the day that I tried my heart out. Yeah. And that's all you can do end of the day. And sometimes you're rewarded like you were with, there can't be a better feeling, honestly, in this industry than when you spend a significant amount of time working on someone and putting in like those that a lot of effort and you're just like 
sitting on pins and needles. Like, are they going to keep the casket open? And when they say a compliment, like yep. you got, haven't looked this good in years, there is nothing yep. better. In my opinion, there is nothing better in the industry. That is just what makes, makes you realize this is why I do this job. Yep. You know, you don't get into this for, you know, people to praise you and everything, but no. When somebody sits there and they recognizes what you do and they take the time to say thank you and, you know, they just want, they appreciate what you do and they've seen what you do. And I always, I always sit there and tell Ian, those things come at the right moment, right when you need to hear it. Yeah. Every single time. That's what, when I need it the most, that's when that happens. And after five days of that, you know, I, when they told me that I could have hit the floor. Sure. <laughs> it was just like everything at least that I was finally okay. Wow. That is absolutely incredible. Good for you. That's I've never mm-hmm. heard of actually someone having to deal with a, a decapitation. So that I feel like people always ask that, like non-funeral industry people are always asking that question. Yep. But uh I've never actually heard someone do that. So when you were when you were stitching then, so you had mm-hmm. you said you had a rod. And that like was able to sustain. Yep. So then you just stitched like all the yep. way around. And what about when you were going down? Were you able to go like through the neck or did you have to make another incision on both sides when you were going down? Okay. How did that work? What I ended up doing, I actually went through another incision. So I did the typical incision above the collarbone yeah. and found artery and my vein that I needed through there because where the cut was, it was still too high up. And I didn't want to continue to go and look through there when I just thought, you know, there's already all this damage in general. Let me just make another little cut. It was, it went perfectly smooth after that. He did extremely well with embalming. I, I couldn't believe it after what I saw, what I started with to the ending point. Man, I, I mean, I was blown away. Now, granted, I had to use like a lot of drying. I use pretty strong chemicals um, on him, but he, it was just excellent. That's incredible. What a, what a cool story. And it just kind of just shows your passion right there. And, you know, I think a lot of, you know, not a lot of funeral directors would take on that giant, giant, giant job. So good for you. Like, that's amazing. It really is. Thank you. That that truly means a lot to me because, you know, I, I mean, it's just me as a person, how I, I would approach something like that. I, I always say I treat every single person that I have come through the doors as if they're my family. And if I know I'm able to do something, if I'm able to try, I'm going to do that. It doesn't yeah. matter what, you know, economic status this person have, what has, whether they're, you know, poor or they're rich, they have insurance, they don't, they're going to be paying out of pocket, you know, all this type of stuff. It That doesn't even matter to me at that oh. point. It's just this person was loved and cared about, and I'm going to show them that same respect and love yeah. and care here. And I want their family to be able to see them one last time, because I believe that they need that closure. And if it takes me five days, if it takes me a week, I, I will figure something out if need be. I absolutely love that. And that's, that's the mentality you have to have. And that's how you can sustain this job because it is a job that as you are well aware of, that is hard to sustain for many, many people. But if you have that, 
that kind of switch in your mind that says, I'm going to treat everyone as if they're my family. Or I like to say, I want to give that family just like that one last, like good little memory. Like you don't know exactly what's going on with their dynamic, but just trying to do everything you can to give them that last goodbye, whether it, it doesn't matter if it's an open casket, closed casket, whatever it is, doing Great. something just, just special enough for them to be like, wow, like that is the way I want my loved one to go. That will get you, yep. get you through the days. Yep, exactly. That's all that matters. Um, all right. Well, thank you so much, Bethany, for coming on. I got to give her a shout out for, first of all, the amazing work that you do for all your families. And um, you can really sense your passion. And it's incredible. I love hearing that. It gives everyone that I think listens and sees you some extra, some extra juice, some extra motivation. So appreciate you for that. And if you don't already, you can check her out. It's called Beauty Behind Death, and that's on Instagram and TikTok. It's just got a lot of fun stuff that you can go and check out, especially if you're a funeral director, if you're a student. Even if you're not, you're going to learn some stuff. You're going to enjoy it. So um, check her out. Oh, thank you guys so much. Thank you for even having me on this. Honestly, I'm, I'm truly blessed, and I'm very grateful that you picked me to be on this. I, I just I, thanks is never enough. I truly no, appreciate no. it. Thank you. My pleasure. We thank you for coming on and uh, we'll, we'll talk to you soon. We'll have to do it again. Okay. Sounds good. Bye.